everyone, welcome to the Flexing Physio Podcast. My name's Dan and I'm a physio currently based in Melbourne, Australia. This podcast is aimed for both students and new grads. In this podcast, there will be lots of fun banter and cool guests. Now, let's get into this episode. Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode of the new year, 2024. This is your host and your loving and kind and handsome uh, uh, physiotherapist, also known as Uncle Dan, aka the Flexing Physio. I'd just like to extend a huge welcome to anyone who's listening. If this is your first episode, then welcome to the Flexing Physio podcast. Look, I've designed this podcast to help new grads and young clinicians who just want to make sense of the physio career. There are no real rules to this podcast. Some episodes are unhinged and it's just honest opinions and just two people having a chat. So in this episode, I'd like to welcome Calvin Leong, who is another physiotherapist. He is another clinic owner and he's based up in Kew in Victoria. And I had the pleasure of chatting with him and we chatted all things about clinic owning, what it's like and how hard it is. And also we also chatted about his um, his search history on Instagram and how he came to find me. And it's a bit alarming at some points. So... Without further ado, I would like to welcome Calvin Leong to the show, and I hope you who are listening, you guys have a great New Year's. If you've already stuffed up, well, 2025 is just around the corner, so good luck. All right, let's get into it. Let's rock and roll, man. Let's rock and roll. Let's do it. Mr. Leong, welcome to the Flexing Physio podcast. Thanks, Dan. So uh, thanks for having me here. It's really good to be here and finally being being able to check out your space. Mm. So that's cool. One one good thing that I love about my space is that my clinic room is sort of inside the gym. So to get my patient from the waiting room, I have to walk them. I purposefully walk them through the gym yeah. so that they can see this is what I'm about. Yeah. And then we get into the clinic room, the very last thing. Yeah, because sometimes you go into clinics mm. and um, their rehab space or like their exercise space is either really small or they're really tucked at the back. Yeah. And so psychologically, it would also present as a bit of an afterthought or a, a, mm. it's a second priority because it's just further back. So yeah. I think you being, in a sense, you're already treating them yeah. the moment you meet them because you're briefing them or you're preparing them what you want them to do yeah like yeah. um subtle subtle cueing yeah you know? yeah exactly that's the whole point exactly so kelvin that's uh, that's actually your first name kelvin how did we meet and how did we connect i was go- i was actually thinking the same <laughs> thing on the way here this morning yeah i was i think it was social media yes yeah instagram th- instagram um either my through my clinic's instagram page that will obviously the algorithm give me physio stuff and healthcare mm-hmm. stuff I think I came across your material Mm -hmm. and then at the time I thought, I think it was one of your twerking ones too. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yep. Not surprised. Well, if that's your algorithm, what other videos are you watching? (laughs) Asian guy twerking. (laughs) Just personal trait. Let's let's not go there and have that on record. (laughs) But yeah, I think, um, so there were a couple of things that that sort of caught sort of caught my attention. I think it was. Oh, your, I bet it did. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the comedic timing. Let's just call it that way. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you're a physio and there are different things that are related to. I think I commented 
I made mm. a comment on some of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can't remember uh, honestly because yeah, you're so popular, right? So you, it's just who am I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's when um, that's when we six months ago, seven months ago. Yeah, something. And then literally two weeks ago, we ran into into each other at a at an event run by James Taylor. Shout out James Taylor from Australian Sports Doctors. Yeah, um, yeah. Small world, isn't it? And we always knew that this yes. year is a very small world. Um, but it's also funny because I remember we wanted to tee up a meet or a coffee mm. and then you being on west side of town and then yeah. me being on east side of town. I was just like, I'm not crossing that bridge. Yeah, that, that west gate. <laughs> I'm not paying $10 for toll either. <laughs> oh, wow. So did you pay $10, $10 toll? Yeah, I did. I actually oh, did. I'll fix you up later. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you made me coffee, so that's Yeah, fine. that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's really good to, to finally mm. catch up with you yeah and that's the beauty of instagram is that it gives you the opportunity to connect with people that you possibly wouldn't connect mm. with in the, in the first place just because of geographical yeah uh, differences yeah and i think i think whilst there's a lot to be said about social media isolating people and keeping them in their own shells mm-hmm. um it all it, like you said it's brought people like us together and yes. i feel like um people you and I, uh, I can only speak for you and I, mm. who are running our own clinics mm. and clinics being a business or business owners. There are so many things we need to consider on different levels. We always need to find a balance between, um, you know, finance and ethical yeah. values. Uh, where do we find that midpoint? Yeah. So, yeah, we shouldn't be alone in doing this. Absolutely, man. Like you hold my hand, I'll hold your hand and we'll cry together. Yeah, like we are doing right now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Now, Calvin, where did you graduate from? Where did you study? So I graduated at Monash University mm-hmm. uh, in 2012. No, yeah. sorry. In fact, I had to repeat my mm. final, uh, one of my placements. So officially, I graduated in 2013. Right. Yeah. So 2012. Yeah. Damn. I was, uh, I was in New Zealand. I was year 10, second year of high school. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So in New Zealand, the high school is a bit different. So year 10 is our second year of high school. So how long have you been uh, out as a physio? Four years. So I graduated end of 2019. Seven Is that years. it? Yeah. I thought you'd been practicing for longer. Is it the gray hairs? Is it like my weathered look or? <laughs> no, actually, it's just your clinical reasoning. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. No, no, no. I, um, yeah, genuinely, I thought, I thought you'd been out longer. Yeah, thank you. I think because I've been um, following a lot of excellent social media people and i've been learning a lot of them and also doing a, a, a bunch of work with um this platform called learn physio as well yeah. and being able to chat with some of the brilliant minds in our in our physio world yeah. it really helps cool really yeah helps. yeah if i uh, thinking about if year four or year five mm. into my career i'd be wrapped if mm. i was if i was ha- having that sort of clinical reasoning and yeah, the package that you are now. If I was, if that oh, was man. me in year five, I'd be wrapped. You're, you're really tooting my horn, and I love it. So <laughs> I don't think we'll stop there. <laughs> no, that's that's really cool to hear. And um, I want to know what made you become, or was there a specific moment in your life when you're like, I want to become a physiotherapist? Uh, I don't think it was out of passion. I think it was mm. out of necessity. Okay. Oh, so a process of elimination, and I've mentioned this uh, somewhere else as well. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a pharmacist. Right, and then um, it turned out, you know, I wasn't good enough at chemistry, mm. um, and then I wanted to be an accountant, and mm. then I absolutely sucked at uh, t- 
tea, you know, tea ledgers or whatever that those. Uh, I don't even are. know what yeah, that yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> Corinne would know. Yeah, ask my wife. She'd know. Hopefully. <laughs> and then, so I was really good at human biology, mm-hmm. and I think I was in the top percentile within the state. Right. Um, so I thought, well, and I'm pretty sporty. Mm. Uh, I enjoy sport. So I'll combine the two and look at the uni catalog to yeah. see what's on offer. And physiotherapy was it. And I thought, physio it is. Fantastic. Yeah. How old were you roughly when you made that decision? A year 12. So I was, mm. I think, 16, 17. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's very good. Well, I'm, I'm glad you chose career, uh, physio as a career because from what I can see and the vibe that you give, I think you're a very good physio, man. Thank you. Like a very relatable. And I think part of being a good physio is that you got to be relatable to the person in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because we, my girlfriend and I, we we watched this film, Good Will Hunting. Oh, yes. Classic, right? Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, you see it first time years ago and you think, oh, cool film. Yeah. And then now I said to her last night, I cannot possibly relate more <laughs> to Robin Williams, you know, Sean Maguire. Yeah. Because he said the first rule as any therapist or any clinician is for people to trust you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that hit deep. So, yeah, yeah. There's another film with which also Robin Williams played. Um, he acted as a as a Jew, as a medical student, right. and this was back in 19, you know, 1950s, 60s, where where doctors were viewed as gods, yeah. and they were all very serious. Like that's where white coat syndrome possibly came from. Yeah, and he was the first, well, one of the first ones that introduced humor into being a clinician and trying to break down that serious wall wall and you know yeah. he started making kids laugh and um humor is uh, uh, the best medicine as they say have you seen have you come across that i movie? don't think i have but uh, that's piqued my interest yeah so have to look it up. Uh, and it's robin williams too one of the exactly goats. exactly um now we're, what were we talking about your um how you got into physio so uh, you you graduated from monash yeah university um went in straight into private practice okay. uh, like we talked about just then off mic yeah and um and in that clinic also did a wide variety of things um like aged care mm. um, doing local sports clubs mm. and uh you know what, what before the pre-ndis so, yeah you know like disability or like special sure needs. sure yeah um yeah and um how long did you spend in that setting that clinic mm. so that clinic was my first fi- the first five years of my career that's a long time it's a long time but uh it was also i had a great chemistry i had great chemistry with the team that i was working with and yeah. in fact a couple of a couple of them are still some of my best friends to this day awesome you know to you know wedding inviting level of of closeness yeah yeah so um that that just let made me stay and then um at some point my objective is a in my career was to try to work in high level sports mm-hmm. or professional sports as you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and so that was when i moved to the uk yes yes yeah. and i'm interested to know more about that as well so what what work did you do in the uk um so i split my time uh, i lived there for about four and a half years mm. so i worked in a professional football soccer yep. Um, and I also worked in private practices mm-hmm. and I also worked, I did some work for the British government. Uh, Is that the NHS? Uh, not exactly the NHS, but it was for their, the, one of the local borough councils. Okay. I was actually a medical assessor, basically. Fantastic. Paper pushing, you know, okay. it, it, was, it was incredibly simple work. You just okay. had to, um, 
approve certain disability parking badge applications. Right. But that was actually a blessing in disguise because not long after I took on that job, COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot, as you would know, private practice jobs really took a hit. Mm. People were, weren't allowed in clinics and yeah. all the rest of it. But I was at home um, doing all that paperwork remotely and still having some sort of stable income. So Yeah, that, that would have been extremely helpful. Yeah, yeah. And then so you spent about four to f- how many years in the UK? Yeah, so four and a half years. Four and a half. Yep. And uh, my week was pretty much split between those three things. Yep. Football. Um, private practice, yeah. government stuff, and obviously traveling around. Yeah. Give yeah. us your best English oh, no. one-liner. <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> We've been saying this all morning. I so. know. I've been after meeting you. Yeah, you're going to you, adopt it. Yeah, and I started saying it to Corinne, and then just anything that's even slightly outrageous, I'll be like, Are you mad, mad? bruv? <laughs> And it's just oh, oh we're so gonna get funny. rinsed. I know. We're gonna get killed because it's gonna be this recording is gonna be out in the ether. Yeah. Uh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, have fun while you can, right? Yeah. And then, what drew you back to the Australian motherland? Ah, I th- and I think this is the juicy bit where that both you and I can jump into. Mm. It was it was the idea of starting my own clinic. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think a, a huge a huge motivation or driver behind starting my own clinic was I kind of have I've kind of had enough of working for uh, other o- clinic owners or different yeah. bosses yeah. where the way I would approach a clinician uh, sorry uh, the way I would approach a client or a patient from a clinical sense yeah. and a personal social sense was very different to what they wanted me to do. Mm. Um, it's I, sometime, Most of the time, it's how much revenue and how many appointments I'm booking with uh, this person or these people. Mm. And also, as you know, that I'm, I quite enjoy socializing with people. Yeah. It, it's inevitable that these, these patients will invite me to uh, play sport or like catch up for a coffee yeah. or like invite me to the barbecue or something like yeah. that. And for some reason, um, sometimes this didn't sit well with, with uh, certain people. Oh, okay. And, and so, so, and that, that, that's okay. People have different ways of doing things. Yeah. But um, I thought if I could, I need to create my own space for me to do what essentially I wanted. Yeah. So, and, and I was, and I thought UK wasn't the long-term home anyway. Mm. I'm going to come back and do that. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Like, what was, I know that uh, Flexing Physio Clinic is very new. Yes. Um, two months, I think. Yeah. Just, just under two months. Yeah. How long have you been planning this? Um, I would say about six months prior to actually taking the leap of faith yeah. and actually doing it. Um, it's always been something that was teased out between my wife and I. We'd always be talking about it, but then the conversation would always end with, oh, "I'm too young. I'm 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 not ready. This there's too much. I'm not ready, and you know I'm just too young." I think that's the the mm. biggest objection. And then the conversation would end until we talk about it again. And so one day, <clears throat> one day we basically just decided, yep. yeah. <laughs> you're right yeah i was just coughing one one day basically we decided um you know what if not now then when are we going to do this right mm. so we had a bit of a screw it moment and then we just all right let's make some actions let's take some actions and we started looking for clinics uh potential clinic spaces yeah. and then we came across this space um which is based in laverton north 
and it's a quite an industrial space. Yeah. So then we had to go through a lot of the council approval. But basically, we just thought, if not now, then when? And I've always liked the idea and wanted the um, like to entertain the idea of being a clinic owner because yeah. I think my personality. I'm quite naive when it comes to business ownership and finance, that sort of thing. Mm. And I'm a pretty, what you see is what you get type of guy. Mm. And so um, that's why having Corrine, my wife is such a big help because she's the the financial manager of the, the clinic. So anything that I don't know about, uh, which is a lot of things, <laughs> I'll run it by her and yeah. she'll give me the um, uh, her take on it from an accounting point of view Yeah, as well. Yeah, um, but was there... Was there a, I guess, a value or like a sort of purpose-driven reason mm. behind that? Thing? Yeah, there was. I would say it's the type of clientele that I really liked and enjoyed seeing. And this type of clientele are the ACL patients, the ACL injuries. And with ACL injuries, you really, you need space to mm. be able to do, especially towards the mid and late stage. You really need to have space to do the hopping tests, jump tests, and just gym equipment to load them up um, sufficiently. And the place where I was before just didn't have that space to be yep. to allow me to do that. So that was another big purpose as to why I wanted to create a space where there was a gym environment where I could do leg extensions and load them up, do squats, lunges, hops, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and um, I've been discussing this with a, another colleague of mine where. Uh, the the definition of physiotherapy mm. and a lot of other health professions are really starting to have a lot of overlap, mm. isn't there? Absolutely. You know? And I feel like uh, a big a big to do a uh, big thing on our to do list as physios or physio students should be really look into strength and conditioning. Really mm. look into exercise prescription, not just your. Uh, three sets of 10 on whatever exercise app that you're doing at infinitum yep. but really learn the the concepts of uh, c cycling um, mm. cycling your different exercises uh, periodization yep. and yep. these things and and i feel like most of the time we might end up even being strength coaches mm. with a physio expertise mm. with, or with a diagnostic background yeah, yeah. absolutely and i want to know more about your clinic too so what is it called first of all so my clinic is Sterling Physiotherapy and yep. it's uh, based in Kew uh -huh. and uh, we've been open for about almost 18 months now. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So you've yeah. just celebrated your one year anniversary. Yeah, uh, in July. So I, uh, I actually wanted to start the clinic in May last year, May 2022 right. or, or June 2022. And then I spoke to my accountant at the time and mm. he said, don't you dare do that unless you want me, you want to pay me a full financial year's worth of, you know, uh, uh, money yeah. for those two months. Otherwise, right. I would recommend you just start on the 1st of July. It's clean. It's yeah. tidy. Yeah. Can you wait? And then I thought, yeah, you're an honest accountant. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Let's man. do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, that that's some merit to your accountant and there's a lot of overlap between your accountant and how we like to practice as physios too. We like that honest, no BS approach. Yes. And hopefully that gets them talking about us and they can refer their friends and their family to us. Correct. Like what we just said uh, this morning, mm. um, I feel like both you and I, we, we don't want, we're not out to count how many appointments we can get out of one person yeah and in fact we know for a fact that there are 
business models out there that are like that. Yep. Um, what we want to do is uh, get you back on your feet, get you recovered and doing uh, playing your sport as soon as possible and as yep. safely as possible. And you had such a great experience. You go to you go tell two or three, four of your friends, yeah, and then they all come to us, and yeah. Then, and then it multiplies and then everyone's happy. Yeah, that's right. And I think if you look and if you focus on purely this client, then yeah, you're potentially not making as much money. But if you zoom out your lens and look at, hey, this person potentially has brought in three of their friends, yeah. then maybe it all evens out, if yeah. not more, right? Yeah, there's, um, I don't know why, it seems like it's a bit of a taboo when uh, particularly healthcare service mm. Um, and the talk of money yeah. seems to be like, you you know, as soon as you talk about money, mm. um, there's an ulterior motive or like, oh, you're only doing this for money. Yeah. But then aren't we all doing anything for, for, for money? Like, yeah. We, we need to get paid. We need to have a living. We need <laughs> yeah. to make a day's wage. Yeah. But it's how we go about it. And I feel like yeah. if I had made X amount of money doing, you know, squeezing a lot of appointments out of, a lot of people mm. I wouldn't sleep well yeah but if I am quite successful yeah by our the model we just talked about mm. I'd, I'd be very proud of myself I'm not gonna lie I, yeah. I'm gonna be very proud of myself absolutely and that's the challenging thing about starting your own business and then having your livelihood depend on if yeah. you see clients or not yeah. And especially when you're starting out, like for my my own instance now, it, I'll be honest, it's hard when someone doesn't want to rebook or they yeah. they um, potentially only come in once for a one-off session, you know? Yeah. It's hard, I'm not going to lie, but I also am on the same page where I don't sleep well at night knowing that I've just milked someone. Yeah. Um, I, I would sleep better at night knowing that I've done the best by this patient and because i think we as we as professionals we actually we have a better idea of what, how many times a patient actually needs to come in and see us yeah but it's the challenge where there's money involved yeah and your livelihood depends on it yeah yeah so what's uh what's something that you've i guess struggled off realize oh this is a steep learning curve as a business owner i think we're pretty good as physios we're pretty mm. adept at being a physio mm. But what's life like being uh, a business owner? Honestly, I think it's the fact that after you leave the workplace, you still constantly think about what are some ways I can get more people in through the door mm. and what are some ways I can get more referral sources. Mm. And your brain just doesn't really stop thinking. And there are nights where I'm just lying there thinking about things. And um, I would say my sleep, it used to be really, really good. Mm. Um, but nowadays, it's still pretty good. But mm. there, are, there are some nights in the week where I just lay there for maybe an, an extra hour, just mm. churning my brain about things. Do you write it down? Because I find whenever these thoughts, mm. um, if I don't pluck it out, it'll yeah. disappear into the ether. So yeah. like, I wake up, I write it down in my notes, <laughs> even though it might never be read again. Yeah, but it's there. Yeah. Do you do that? I or? don't write them down because I'm usually lying in bed and so I'm just like, oh, I can't bother getting on, getting my phone or getting up and writing stuff down. Uh, okay. But that is a good point though. Yeah. Keep a notepad by your bed. Oh yeah, or just I have my phone next to me mm. so I have to write it down, yeah. For me, I think the, the biggest learning point was just how much paperwork yeah. 
I have to do and also the two things the the accounting or like yeah. the money mm-hmm. side of things and also the marketing side of things just being able to learn about Google Analytics yeah man yeah. <laughs> uh, how I spent <laughs> I spent I think three months mm. to work on my website yeah did you make your own website so I use Squarespace yeah and um, I had to find so many stock photos and I had to mm. design essentially design a website mm. um, obviously without the coding yeah but yeah that that was that was tough yeah man that was tough but have do you feel like after 18 months now you feel more uh, more confident with that sort of with that side of things the marketing side of things yeah I guess yes and no mm. I, I think I at least now I know um, mm. what it kind of the basics of it yeah so when someone is selling me a service a hey would you like to pay our agency like eight hundred dollars a month yeah to optimize you and get you like 10 new leads or mm. whatever it seo is, is the yeah. buzzword right yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so i then i know yeah that's probably not legitimate yeah. and also it helps my partner is a copywriter so she's mm. in the marketing industry mm-hmm. so she'll be like nope that's bs yeah, yeah. perfect yeah so yeah, I feel I feel like um, I what well, like you said it, it's a stressful yeah. period where you are thinking about it a lot. Yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way because mm. you you now know when someone is legit. Yep. Or not. Yep. That's yeah. right. I would say right now in the period of my life, it is the most stressful, um, but I am the happiest mm. I've ever been because I'm working on something that is mine. It's purpose, right? Yeah, it's yeah. my brand. It's my, my space, my clinic. So yeah. I wouldn't trade it for... I, um, I often joke with my wife, like, why do we, why do we venture out to, to business? Why not just have a stable job and stable income and just live life and just cruise, cruise control? But then we mm. always go back to, you know what? We wouldn't trade this for the world. Yeah. And the, I guess the autonomy, the, the freedom. Mm. Uh, yes, we're, uh, we're maybe not making x amount of figure that would make a lot of us happy yeah but some days when it's a it's a tuesday and you know between 11 to 2 you've blocked off your time you're able to go to a shopping center and sit down have a cup of coffee come visit the flexing physio on the other side of melbourne (laughs) exactly and i don't know it's just these little wins right yeah you you tell yourself yeah i i'm my own boss i i've given myself a few hours off i can yeah it's it's a great feeling yeah and and to all the from all the advice that I've been given from other health, um, business owners, they say that it does get easier with time. Mm. And there is a lot of things that um, if you zoom out the lens mm. and you look at the timeline from like more year to year rather than day to day, mm. it's like stocks, you know, day to day it's volatile up and down. Some days you feel great, some days you feel crap. Yeah. But then if you zoom out and look at it year to year development, mm. I think that... Um, you should always see how far you've come yeah. versus you should you, versus comparing how you are yesterday. Yeah. That makes and sense. for me in my personal growth, I feel like going through this process was necessary for me yeah. because uh, previous before starting a clinic or running that, mm. you don't know the context of numbers and finances. All you see is uh, Joe Bloggs who started a successful business mm. and you, all you see is wow he's got a really swanky gym Yeah, he's got three treatment rooms and 
all his physios working for him are pumping. He must be raking a million a year. Why am I not doing that? Yeah. And then, um, and then I went through starting my <coughs> clinic with the budget that I've got. Um, I actually, I actually started this idea with another person mm. actually and uh, with our finances combined we could have afforded you know a space like yours yeah our own shop so yeah. to speak but then um we realized just before we started that we it really wouldn't work well between us so um they left mm-hmm. and i i kept uh, what was originally really my idea yeah yeah and i had to pivot so i thought i can't afford a shop front i need to rent a space but what I'm trying to say <clears throat> is that I know that mm. um, I now know that someone who runs a shop with six rooms roughly is X amount of finances they needed yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. And so I don't no longer compare their yeah. success with mine because we were never in the same league. Correct. You know, and it, it gives me a peace of mind and yeah. I can... I know, yeah, I no longer compare and that's good for my mental health. Yeah, and I think comparison is the thief of joy, isn't it? Yeah. You, everyone's running their own race and I would say business ownership is not for everyone. Mm. Some people are just quite happy working as an employee and that is completely fine. Yeah. Some people venture out and open a business and some people do that and fail and go back to being an employee and that's totally fine. We're all running our own race and I don't think it's healthy to compare. Um, that's why I think social media is, is dangerous as well. As you start to compare, you look at other <clears throat> clinics out there you know, who, are, who seem like they're breaking in millions of dollars a year but you, know, you don't know because they're only posting what they want to post. And for that matter, now you and I, we might even start to think, actually... I can I can just tell that your profit margin is not healthy, mm. and um, you know you've got all these different features and things that you say or market in your yeah. in your content. Yeah. Um, the only way this is sustainable is again if you you, you must have a lot of appointments. You yeah, must yeah, have yeah. the moment your appointments drop, you're going to be very sensitive to that to that loss of revenue. Correct. Yeah. So again, it gives us context. That's right. Yeah. And I think it allows us to see a little bit broader and yeah. zoom out in the lens a bit. Yeah. I want to take this podcast and, and turn it a little bit. And I want to get to know you a little bit more, Calvin. I want to know um, what's what, how do you keep healthy? Because we were chatting before. I was, you know, man crushing you, on you a little bit. I was <laughs> saying you've I got... I was man crushing on you too. Oh, it's, it's likewise. It's a it's a, it's, yeah. a it's a both way thing. Um, I was saying, you know, you, I think it's a very important for physios to... Uh, practice what they preach keep mm. healthy um, not everyone needs to be 3% body fat Arnold Schwarzenegger but I, I think physio should keep healthy mm. and be a picture of their brand agree so with your with your case what do you do to keep healthy and as strap and light like yourself <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so many things to unpack <laughs> yeah we won't go there yeah um I enjoy climbing, mm-hmm. as you would know. I yes. climb. I try to climb two or three times a week, and mm. that's been the the case for the past two or three years. Cool. Uh, I go to the gym quite often, um, yep. and I try to eat well eighty yep. percent of the time. Yep. Yeah. No, that sounds good. And Sterling Physio, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a gym with physio rooms on the side. So, yeah, so there's a gym called Workshop Gym in Kew right. yep. and they are a class-based gym in mm. a big warehouse structure and then yeah. they have uh, upstairs level. 
Yep. And I basically rent a room upstairs. Gotcha. And so I have really good rapport with the gym team yeah. where their members their members would see me if they need anything. Yeah. And conversely, if I have new clients or new patients coming in to see me and they feel like they want to be joining a gym uh-huh. and they'd be a good fit for this gym, then I would refer them downstairs. Perfect. So it's like a co mutual benefit yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. And um, as you saying before that the gym is class-based, do you get a lot of referrals from if someone hurts himself doing a deadlift or whatever, do they just whiz upstairs and come see you? Pretty much. That's pretty much how it works. And, and have then, you seen much success in that as well? Uh, success in terms of their transition between the mm, two teams, then mm. yes, it's been very successful. That's good. Um, I've applied the things that I've learned in professional sports. So those injury yeah. reports, those spreadsheets, yeah. those you know traffic light systems as to whether they're ready to return to training. Yeah. Um, so we have a spreadsheet like that and we always communicate. Beautiful. So. And what's your favorite clientele to treat? Um, interesting one. So I don't think it's an injury or a body part per se. Uh-huh. Although hands, hands are really um, one of my passion areas. Like strip more specifically climbing injury hands? Yeah, yeah climbing yeah, or cool. like general hand rehab is um, is something that I'm, I have a lot of fun with. Fantastic. I've, I, had a, I made a reel the other day um, on how different physios walk. And one of them was the hand therapist. And it's always like a super big booby, um, hot blonde. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, have, do you know what I'm talking about? Hand no therapist. Idea. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I, in my humble opinion, all hand therapists, they're all like super hot babes. Well, you're monumentally disappointed here. <laughs> no, I was going to say, man. I mean, hey, I'm not disappointed. Uh, but did everyone at your uni friends who became hand therapists do you do you see a relationship here or am i going crazy um i haven't seen that okay i haven't seen that but uh i look forward to meeting yeah absolutely let's do a pd event (laughs) hand therapy let's go calling all uh, (laughs) hand therapists let's uh let's just catch up and socialize yeah yeah that's right have a coffee yeah um, no. So what I was saying was um, my favorite clients are people who want to be here, people yeah. who want to be helped, people who are willing to do the work outside of it. Because yeah. I'm the first person to tell them that most of the time in the long term, mm. uh, it's what you do between these sessions mm. that's going to get you better. Yeah, man. Uh, my role is more so to give you a plan and tell you what might happen, give you all the, give you all the percentages if you like. Mm. And then you do the work. Yeah. And so if you if you don't have the motivation to do that, then one, it is my job to help you find that motivation. Yeah. But then it's also also a two way relationship. I'm gonna assess: Am I the right person to help you? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Fantastic. That's good. Um, this is a bit of a hot topic, or was a hot topic. I'm not sure about right now, but manual therapy versus, nah, I shouldn't say versus, but manual therapy and active approach. Mm. What's your rough approach to a patient why not both ah how do you say that in spanish Porque no los dos. Hey! <laughs> yeah. yeah right um i think and i i think you commented on one of my reels it was just me just sort of poking fun of mm. these mm. these two extreme uh, groups on the extreme end of, of it was one things. of your first videos wasn't it yeah yeah go um follow it's that physio <laughs> on instagram very good content doesn't post enough though 
Yeah, that's and, that, <laughs> and that's what we talk about. There's you know there's spinning plates, right? There's only yeah. so many things you can focus at just, one just point in time. Just grow another hand and spin another plate. Exactly. Um, what were we saying? Oh, so yeah, my job, whatever gets the person better. Mm. And again, this kind of uh, I borrowed it from my time in professional sport. Mm. Whether you like it or not, whether people know it or not, in professional sport. Um, the key thing is, can they play on Saturday? Correct. You know, can they play? We've got a big game against Collingwood. We've got a big game against Man United. Mm. Can he play? Because yep. we need his goals, right? So whatever we do, if it's if it's telling him 10 times, you're great, you're doing just fine, you're great, and he will feel healthy enough to play, mm. then that's what they're going to do in professional sport. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. And so to an extent... In principle, I do the same. If you feel like you came in mm. and you were looking for someone to, to rub your shoulders or like massage your traps or whatever it is, I'm happy to do that because yeah. it does no harm. Yeah. The for, first and foremost principle. Do no harm. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But then I will also feel, uh, I'll be, I'll also point out, hey, um, you should also do these exercises to strengthen certain muscle groups. Yeah. And um, that way they get what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got that trust. Mm. I've got the rapport and then um, I can, in a sense, promote what I feel like is the is the more effective long-term strategy. Yeah. yeah. I think part of being a good physio is being a chameleon, adapting to the person in front of you mm. and meeting them at their level. Yeah. So I would say most physios know um, at, a, at a general level general sense what's best for this patient in order to step forward to to get better but if the patient is not ready to start doing the stuff they need to do then they're if you're not giving them what they want they're just going to go to another physio and Mm. potentially get what they want and maybe that might be a massage or a back crack and then just keep seeing them and just for the same thing and then they'll they'll never be able to move forward in their rehab and get stronger more robust so part of my clinic slogan i've got three words Recover, robust, and readapt. Yeah. So those are just, I think they, it's a very sexy three word. RRR. We're pirates here. Yeah. yeah. And do you find um, over the years that, uh, by the way, how good, how useful is the phrase, tell me why? Oh, huge. Yeah. Massive. Because I feel like it, it teases out, it makes, it actually challenges them in a non- uh, front, a confronting way yeah. of them challenging themselves as to why they think the way they think mm. and then getting them to explain and then it helps you understand them better yeah. as the physio. And most of the time that almost industry secret, it yeah. almost tells us what we need to do with them. Yep. And um, I know that being a new physio, young physio, I, need, I felt the need to jump in mm. um, halfway through someone's sentence and tell them oh this is a differential diagnosis this is all this stuff this is everything i know here you know review this and tell me what you think but now sit back and go tell me why yeah Yeah. often um the way that we're sitting right now you know Mm. laid back legs crossed and just relaxed Mm. this is how i conduct my initial appointment Mm. and um i find that this helps the patient relax and open up a bit easier yeah and that actually is a good segue into my next question for you is you've been working since 1942 (laughs) (laughs) i have seen a lot (laughs) you've been through the great wars (laughs) so 
what has something because i'm noticing from you you're very articulate with your words you are slow in the way you speak and i feel that you're a very effective communicator i don't know if you follow this guy called vin jang on social media is that the uh the orator coach like the the Mm. vietnamese Mm. yeah yeah yeah. glasses has cool hair yes the guy who says don't um and ah yes just pause yeah yes yes so i've learned a lot of my communication from him and the stuff that he has taught yeah and he's just been so good and um yeah I, i i would say that your communication i'm feeling is very slow very uh, very good, very laid back. So what's something in terms of communication that you've changed since the beginning of your career to now? I tend to tell myself that just see this other person as someone that I know mm. and or it's a friend that I'm having a conversation. Perfect. And I almost have to remind myself, tell myself, get to know this person. Yeah. Rather than I'm in an appointment, I'm a physio, I need to ask these questions. When you feel like you need to do something, then you are following a to-do list. Whereas um, when I see, you know, again, Joe blogs on my list, I just want to know about Joe. And sometimes this might not even be their injury for the first five or 10 minutes. I ask them, hey, cool, cool trainers. Where'd you get them? Yeah. And then they open up and that naturally leads Mm. to five different things I can ask about. And then at some point, I feel like I know him better now. Mm. Then I would say, all right, well, Joe, tell me about your shoulder. Yeah. And because I guess clinically we feel confident and comfortable now, Mm. um, we've got a certain level of expertise. Mm -hmm. I don't feel nervous. So I'm ready to, the fact that I feel ready means I can actually sit back and just wait for whatever that's going to hit me. And actually taking what he's saying yeah. and, and applying a clinical reasoning to what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's really good advice and a really hot tip for, for new grads or even students who are about to step into private practice world is that from uni, it's quite ingrained into us that you've got to follow the schedule of, you know, current history, eggs and eases, mm. general health. But sometimes if you just ask them, so what brings you in to see me today? And then sit back, you be quiet, let them talk. Quite often they they list out the things for you. Mm. But I think just starting, it's really difficult to potentially weed out the important stuff and the stuff you can use for banter later. Mm. So I would still suggest you have a format in front of you. But once you get better, it's just like going to the gym. And once you put in more reps, you get better. The movement gets less shaky and you can... Um, what do you call it refine the process yeah so don't expect to be amazing at it the first console you ever do you're probably going to be crap and that's okay Mm. but the more reps you put in the better you get agreed and i think um i there are still some days of course there will be a case or a personality that kind of makes me feel a bit flustered yes um some of the and i go back to the old the tested tried and tested basics of find one thing intervene reassess and there's a reason why it's tested and true it's because we have done enough reps so i still value uh new grads going through that phase of going through the list Mm. 24 hour period irritability yes it's awkward yes Mm. it's a little Mm. bit laughable Mm. Uh, we feel like a bit of a uh, yeah feel a bit embarrassed Mm. but do it enough do it enough so that it becomes in uh, like an involuntary thing. Yeah. And then you can start to 
feel more comfortable to, to improvise or like to humanize with the yep. other person. And those 24 hour things will, will, will come naturally. It'll just yeah. naturally occur to you to ask, oh, so general health is okay. Yep. Boom. You've just ruled out all the red flags. Yep. And like, oh, how, how well is your sleep? Yeah, yeah. Do you drink enough water? Boom. That uh, kind of tells you a 24 hour pain behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So. For sure. I think you've just got to put in the reps and then over time you just naturally get better mm. and better at it. When I yeah. first started, I was, um, I was doing exactly what I said, you know, I had the list in front of me mm. and it was quite systematic. But one and after now working for four years, now it becomes more getting them in, starting the first five minutes, just getting to know them as a person. Yep. And we might even do what you said. Oh, that's cool, cool Crocs or <laughs> yeah, instant mates. If if they're wearing Crocs, they're like instantly in my um my A class. Crocs are never cool. Ah, oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, get out. <laughs> yeah, and I think as a new grad, if you're about to step into private practice. Don't be afraid to spend the first five minutes not even talking about their problem. If they sit down and they start telling you about their problem, don't stop them and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I haven't built rapport with you first. How about that weather out there? Just yeah. go with the flow. And I think that old saying comes back, which is be a chameleon. Yeah. Be adaptable to the person in front of you. Yeah. But I would suggest spend the first five minutes just talking about the weather, what cornflakes they had, what kind of dogs they had. Yeah. Have. Yeah, agreed. Mm. And maybe our, our sort of innate personality has a huge part to play as well. Sure. I'm someone who always enjoys to just sit back and watch things unfold mm. because then I can analyze, right? Mm. So, and I never feel the need to um, impose or it's almost like a little, it's a bit of a, I think an Asian etiquette thing. Mm. For me, it, I place such a huge emphasis to never feel I'm intruding mm. the other person's space, right? Yeah. So yeah. There's a sense of that, that, that respect. Yeah, I, I have a, yeah, I'm very conscious of like intruding. I don't yeah. want to ever intrude. And so when people come in, I just let them do their thing. Mm. Um, and in a social setting, if I, you know, if I don't vibe with it, I walk away. Yeah. I don't confront because I don't want to intrude. <laughs> Maybe, is it, can you back me up here? Or? I, I would agree. Yeah. I think it's very innate in us Asian, Asian uncles yeah. to, to yeah. not want to intrude. I think yeah. that's fair. It's totally fair enough. Yeah. And then, so when people come in, I, it, it's just natural f for me to sit back and ask, how's your day? Yeah. And then just watch it unfold. Yeah. 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 And, you know, slow down. Yeah. I think that's where the luxury of having a slightly longer console time mm. comes in handy. So when I first started, I had 60 minutes to do my initial consult. That's a long ass time. It is a very long time. Yeah. So, and then 45 minutes for a follow-up. Whereas now I'm doing 45 minute initials and depending on the person, I might, I might do 40, <laughs> 45 minutes for a follow-up, just depending on them. Maybe it's, sometimes it's half an hour, sometimes 45, but it never, it's never less than half an hour. Yeah, yeah. And for the things that we're trying to do with rehab, <clears throat> 20 minutes, by the time you have like a 90 second recovery period. <laughs> yeah, it's too short. Yeah, too yeah. short. Man, Calvin, that was a, a really, really good chat. And I feel, you know, it's, um, I'm so happy that social media has brought us together. Absolutely. Um, from, from the East, the East meets the, the West. West. <laughs> yeah. But we're both Asian. Yeah, so East meets the East. <laughs> yeah, two people from the East. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now on that note i always like to finish on on like a on a lighter note um not that this conversation hasn't been light or anything but what's your favorite asian food favorite asian food oh man you've really caught me off guard here oh uh yum cha chicken feet one of my favorite Ooh, things 
That is a that's going in pretty hard, man. Yeah, Cantonese man, like proper Cantonese uh, dim sum dishes. Yeah, is there um would there be a big market for yum cha around where Q where you, where you live? Um, you're probably thinking more Box Hill. Box um, Hill. <laughs> Box Hill. Yeah. Box Hill and Glen Waverley. Yeah. Yes. Maybe the next time you should come out to meet yes. me, and then we go yum cha. Hundred percent. I know Box Hill has a high population of Hong Kong people yeah. is that fair to say yeah yeah cool yeah. i've been to box hill once yeah it was actually um corinne and i honeymoon yeah. and we just explored the area so box hill was yeah. one of the places oh, by the way i couldn't i couldn't have picked any uh, a more stereotypical asian food thing i actually mm. just really like noodles in general so yeah like noodles in stir fry and soup in ramen everything noodles yeah noodles. yeah i'm more of a rice person ah yeah i like rice and some sort of a gravy thing yeah, like a, a like a curry or something, some sort of a stir fry with lots of sauce. Yeah, do you so cook much like Taiwanese food uh, per se at home? Not really, honestly. I've been eating pretty healthy, and yeah. we eat a lot of uh, chicken mince. Yeah, yeah, and just trying to trying to lean up a little bit. I yeah. think um, we we were smashing a lot of pork mince before, right. and we weren't getting the the lean mince. So Are you I, cutting or bulking? I'm cutting like i was on a pretty big cut i, I cut from 115 kilos down to i'm um, 80 88 89 at the moment Whoa. so it's a pretty but i did it over the the process of like a year yeah okay but yeah so i'm trying to be more healthy because my bloods everything was high and uh, my dad has gout i had a few gout attacks i see and so i just needed to change something i was a bit bigger before we need to swap metabolisms for like six weeks that'd be nice so that i can gain and you can cut that'd be nice because i yawn i lose a kilo you know (laughs) you've lost a kilo just having this conversation man yeah just stressing about um hand therapists we're still talking about hand therapy let's not go there that's not good nah that's good well anyway thanks so much for coming uh, to the to the clinic and having this conversation hopefully as a listener and yes that is you i'm speaking to you through this microphone here i hope you've learned a couple of things and opened the the channel between you wherever you are in your life and potential one day opening opening your clinic but just don't open in laverton north or q because we'll kill you (laughs) now jokes 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 (laughs)